0: It's true. And that's why it's really helpful to have, to, to benefit from your, the first two, three people that you're introduced to and to, to get as much from them as they can, because they can introduce you to anybody. See if you can find someone who's been in the company for 10 years, they will know everyone. Do you know, what? our squad's much more supportive. Uh, and yesterday I moved about five or six post it cards to done. And there was a little bit of a song and dance as I kind of said, I'm moving it to done. And just the whole room was quite enjoying it. It's it's great. It's 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 a very supportive atmosphere. I love it.
1: A great piece of advice about finding your feet in a large organization and a glimpse into what life is like in an agile squad. This is Changing Careers, a podcast about the changing nature of MBA careers and how MBAs can change their careers. I am Conrad Chua. Today, I'm speaking to Sarah Ishak, a Managing Consultant in Digital Strategy with IBM iX. We'll learn about what is digital strategy, what is it like to work in an agile environment, and Sarah will also talk about how she approached her career transitions. As always, we start with Sarah introducing herself.
0: So my name is Sarah Ishak. Uh, I'm a Managing Consultant at Digital Strategy at IBM iX. And I'm from the Cambridge class of 2010 of the MBA. Uh, I grew up in Egypt and I went to university in the US and I ended up in London after university and have been here more or less for about 15 years.
1: So Sarah, what is IBM iX?
0: IBM iX is the largest digital agency worldwide. Uh, So if you think about um, the experience that you have at Wimbledon or at the US Open or any events like that, That's the sort of work that IBM iX does. And um, we've been around since 1997 when the the Atlanta Olympics took place.
1: But you have a particular role within uh, IBM iX. Can you talk a bit more about your unit? Uh, How is it structured? How do you work? What's the kind of work that you or your unit would do?
0: Uh, So within iX, about two years ago, uh, they started a digital strategy practice within IBM. Uh, and the aim of that really was to help the C-suite with the big problems that related to reinventing and transforming in a, in a more digitally enabled world. And so we say we're digital strategy. Really, what we are is technology-enabled business strategy.
1: I, I mean, I hear a lot of uh, companies talk about digital strategy, technology strategy. What, actually, what, what do you understand by the words digital strategy? For us,
0: digital strategy is basically now just strategy because digital is at the heart of everything and it's the foundation for everything. But from an IBM perspective, what we think about it is when we're looking at helping a company with its strategy, what technological advancements can we help to bring to bear to change the way the company runs and to revolutionize the way they deal with their customers and the way they deal with their internal Uh, Operations as well.
1: Is this a case of developing new technologies from scratch, or one where you recommend certain new technologies that need to be integrated and implemented for uh, a client?
0: I think it's actually slightly different. We start actually by looking at the user at the heart of everything for for our client. So whether that user is a person who is a customer, or it's a person who is an employee or a partner. And we look at that person's experience, that user's experience, and we, and we look at transforming that business, reinventing that business to match the needs, the emerging needs of these users. And that reinvention, that transformation will bring along with it new business models and new operating models, but it'll also bring the need for different kinds of technology. So here's where we bring the, the experience and the expertise and the innovation of IBM to bear, where we bring in an existing blockchain solution but we match it to the client's needs for example or we look at ai and see how that how the operating model of that for it for, for a new ai solution would fit in around this client
1: you've been working uh, in digital strategy for just over a year now is there a project that you're particularly proud of oh
0: absolutely and i can't say too much about it because it's my current project uh, but we're working in the travel and transport industry, and so I live in Heathrow right now, uh, we're working travel and transport to help a very specific part of our client to just completely change the way they work and really take on becoming more digital in the way they work. And it's so exciting for two reasons. The first is our client is just a visionary and she's willing to fight the battles and just shake things up and break things to start from scratch to do things the right way. And the other thing is... We're working completely in Agile. And so the pace of work is almost punishing, but we're getting through so much. We're delivering value so quickly. And we're so engaged with our sponsor users that you can, you can see the impact of the work that we're doing basically on a weekly basis. It's so much fun.
1: Sarah, you mentioned uh, Agile. Uh, and I guess that's something that's second nature to people working here in IBM. What, what does Agile actually mean uh, from your experience?
0: So there are a couple of ways we talk about agile for us, and one is agile as a way, of, just as a way of working, and that's come out very much out of the development environment of software teams that would work together in a sort of a multi-skilled way, multi-dimensional way, focused on tackling one problem in a very short stretch of time, and that's the principle that we apply. And I've been learning this uh, on on the job in the past couple of months, but we have a sprint. That is a week long for us. So that's a period of time where we have to an- answer a set of questions, finish a story, and get a user to sign off on it. So what it means is that we're working at a high pace, but with a lot of flexibility because we own all our own work. Uh, and it's very key for us that our user at the end of the at the end of the story is incredibly happy with what we're doing. And so. It's it's a little bit harder than working in our old traditional sort of more waterfall way, because the pressure is on the time. The time is very clearly time boxed, and so you you're expected to get a lot more done, but you have a lot more freedom and flexibility in how you do that, which is actually quite a lot of fun.
1: I think IBM, of course, is a is a huge organization, and when you know a client um, brings you on a, and when a client engages you, they obviously expect to the full power of IBM in a way, right? So it sounds like you your squad is quite small. How do you work with different parts of IBM?
0: So first of all, yes. So IBM is a an absolute behemoth and that comes with a lot of advantages. One of the things is we're basically embedded in almost every large company globally. And so what the rest of IBM gives us the opportunity to do is actually walk through the door because they've given us the place to be there. They, they've, they've set the scene for us. Uh, and so it, it gives us the opportunity to go in through the door, but it also we can play a sort of a complementary role because our strategies need to be implemented. and so in the right time and space, we can bring the rest of IBM as a, as a, as a as an implementa- implementation partner to get these to get our solutions delivered, which is a real advantage for us. But the other thing, as you know, IBM is a leader in tech innovation, pretty much in every field. So whether we're talking about Watson, we're talking about IoT, we're talking about blockchain, this expertise we can bring that to our clients when we're thinking about the big problems and thinking, well, how do you solve your problems using this 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 breadth of solutions that we can give you? And so so we work really well as part of a rather large machine.
1: I looked at the uh, IBM IX website and. You know, the word design is, features very prominently on the website. How do you use design when you're uh, on a corporate engagement with a client? How do you help your clients develop that uh, customer strategy using design?
0: So for the digital strategy team, it's all about business design. And for us, we start by designing the experience for the user. And we then think about all the implications that fall out of that. So whether that's uh, helping them with the customer engagement model, helping them the the business model that falls out of that, the operating models. So we start with designing the experience, and that's where the agency side of IX is incredibly helpful. And then we we think, well, how does the business that needs to support that? How does that look like? And that's where we can come in and just design a business model and an operating model to make that work.
1: And is that the case that? Uh, after that, when your client adopts these recommendations, then there could be also scope for technology implementation, etc.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we're quite clear that we are tech agno- agnostic or strategy consultants, but that we can bring the rest of IBM to, to deliver these technology solutions if, if required.
1: So you mentioned um, as part of Agile, there's a lot of sprints and the pace, the cadence is so fast. So do you have any workflow hacks to help you manage you know, on a day-to-day basis when you're on a project?
0: Yes. So uh, I will not lie to you. I cannot live without Slack and I sound like everybody else I think you're going to speak to these days. And for our team, one of the most interesting things that I have found to be incredibly useful is that a lot of our planning and a lot of our accountability comes from a wall that is full of Post-its. And it's not what you would expect, but most people would say we use Trello or something like that. We're moving post-its on every day and that's how we keep accountable in a sense because everyone can see when that post-it moves to done or when it moves back to doing and it's, it's one of the most effective tools that we have.
1: Yeah, I, I remember one episode of Silicon Valley where they did this and uh, <laughs> suddenly everything started to click because it became quite competitive. But I guess yes. I don't know whether that's the kind of dynamics in, in your squad.
0: Do you know our squad's much more supportive? Uh, and yesterday, I moved about five or six posted cards to done, and there was a little bit of a song and dance as I kind of said, "I'm moving it to done," and just the whole room was quite enjoying it. And it's it's great. It's a it's a very it's a very supportive atmosphere. I love it.
1: Can you t- tell us a bit more about your career transitions? Uh, you you finished your MBA about eight years ago, eight nine years ago. Um, and you were in finance before that. So can you talk us a bit about how your career has developed since you finished your MBA?
0: Yes, I'm a, I'm a great career-changing story because I've, since the MBA, I've had worked at four different companies since the MBA. And basically, after business school, I always knew that I wanted to go back to banking after business school, which is what I was doing before. Uh, and so that's what I did. I went in, I worked in global banking. Uh, sort of working in investment banking for a couple of years but I was based out in Dubai. And while I was there, I recognized that the opportunity for me to learn and to develop and grow more would be to come back to London. And so that drove a career transition to a different organization back in London.
1: What were some of those warning signs that uh, uh, told you that you needed to move to continue that learning process?
0: Uh, At the time, I was working almost exclusively with uh, insurance companies and investment managers, fund managers, and it was quite clear that pretty much all the decision-making didn't take place outside of London or outside of Europe or the US. And so the work that we were doing in Dubai was always going to be limited. And so to do something more challenging, more complicated, I had to be here where the big decisions were being made.
1: How did you make that uh, transition? Uh, geographically from Dubai to London. I mean, did you uh, apply for jobs? Did you use a network your, your own networking?
0: So I used my network uh, from actually a role that I'd had pre-MBA to say, look, I'm interested in moving back to London. Do you have something within your company, within your team? And so there, there happened to be a role there, which I then applied for, that... And in many ways, I was lucky because I'd lived in London before. And, and so it was easy. to It was coming back home, really. And so that that made that transition much easier.
1: And you later moved from finance to consulting. So what, what, what happened there in terms of uh, why did you make that transition? What were some of the things that were going through your mind when you, did, when you decided to change make that career switch?
0: I remember quite clearly, actually, the moment, because I was having a conversation with one of the senior people on my new team in London, in the bank, and he said to me, look, I know the first couple months are hard, and it's a bit of a tough learning curve, but once you learn, don't worry, you'll be there. You don't have to worry about, about anything anymore, and it struck me very hard that what he was saying is, I could just stop learning for the rest of my career. I could stop challenging myself, and I'd be fine, and I did not want that. What I wanted was to continue to challenge myself and to continue to learn. And during the MBA, we'd done some of, the, some of these cases and when we, the CVP, the GCP, and I'd found that sort of work interesting and had...
1: These were like projects that you did? The projects so we
0: did uh, during during the MBA, yes. And I found that I'd, I'd enjoyed the challenge and the opportunity to continue to learn. So I thought, well, maybe consulting is the way to go because every time you do a new project... You're starting from scratch, you have to learn a lot. you have to challenge yourself and think in different ways, uh, and you know what It's been absolutely correct.
1: you've left a, a long career in finance to go into consulting. How did you make that kind of switch?
0: It's going to be another network uh, so i the the person who hired me was actually someone who worked with us quite closely when I was at the bank, uh, and they were working in financial services, and so I spoke to them about it and it, what made the transition a little bit easier is that I, I chose to join a financial services consulting team, and so I only had to learn one variable. I, had to, I knew the industry relatively well, but consulting was a brand new world to me, and so that 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 helped with the transition quite a, quite a bit.
1: What were some of the mindset changes that you had to make when you moved from working in a financial services company to a consulting company?
0: Some major ones actually so banking is A very, it's hard to pick the words here, but I wouldn't say it's a steady desk job because that's not the right thing to say, but you know every morning that you have a set of things that you have to do and you have a set of clients that you have to manage. So you have a day job every day. Consulting is not like that. You could go from having an engagement going on to have to spending a few weeks with nothing going on. So getting the cadence, that completely different cadence was really hard when I first joined because I expected to come in and have a day job every day, but that's not how it worked when, you st- when, when you're in consulting. And then the nature of the work obviously is very different because it's a lot more about production and about thinking and getting up to speed. And So you have to be on the ball and getting ready to get things out all the time. And So it's a very different cadence of work as well. When you're working, it's just completely different. Uh, and because every project is unique, you're starting from scratch every time. You're learning about a new industry, you're learning about a new vertical within the industry. And so you're just never quite within your comfort zone. And you just have to get used to that.
1: How do you manage your time when there is no project? You said, you know, there will be weeks, several well, hopefully not too long. Too, too many long, weeks. But there will be time when, you know, you're in between projects. How do you manage your time during that that period?
0: Well, we're quite a young practice here. And so let me tell you there is tons going on from to help develop the practice from writing thought leadership to working on our working on marketing and eminence campaigns uh to, to some of work on the m b a recruitment side we are constantly looking to develop and grow the practice, and so there is no end to things that we could be doing from that perspective, but then on the other side well we're we're pitching for new work if we're not on a project we're pitching to get on a project and so I spent. A couple of months this summer on various pitches, they were about as intense as projects could be. And so it, it's nonstop no matter which way you look at it.
1: What advice would you give to MBA students who are interested to work in digital strategy or digital strategy consulting?
0: Even though we're saying digital strategy, what we really mean is strategy. Because digital is central to every business strategy now. You can't escape it and you can't hide from it anymore. So if you want to be a digital strategist, you want to be a strategist but it helps to know what's going on in the tech in the tech world around us think have a view on what emerging tech will do and have a view on specifically what we can do to develop these business to, to develop a, a business around this tech so that's kind of the key things for us to come to, to be part of a team like us which is very small it's almost like having a, a mindset for of a startup because everything is flexible everything is fluid and changing all the time and so, it's about being ready to jump in and do something completely different to what you are expecting to do when you joined. In some ways,
1: would you say that there's certain domain knowledge that uh, MBA should have if they want to go into these these areas? Uh, whether that's uh, certain technological areas, certain uh, coding languages, or uh, Agile, for example.
0: Agile definitely is very useful. I'd agree with that. Uh, I think an interest in in technology and a and a natural curiosity, I think, for emerging tech. So to, to be inquisitive about what these things mean is, is, is very useful. It never hurts to be an expert on AI because that, that's, that's useful. But I think that isn't the only thing that matters. A lot more is it's about the, the thinking of how to make it work for a business. So make, how do you make it real for, your, for our clients as opposed to just a beautiful technological piece that's not
1: useful for anybody else? Sarah, you've worked in many large organizations. We have MBAs who uh, may be making a transition from a smallish company to a large organization. How do you help or how do you find your feet in a large organization when you switch jobs?
0: It's definitely really hard. One of the things that always helps is to try to see if you can start with other people at the same time because then you can have a little group, a little cohort, a small community that you can go off and learn with. Most organizations will assign you a buddy and a manager. Try to get as much as you can out of these people to get them to give you an idea of how, how the company runs and to give you introductions to the people that you need to get to know more from. But it's important that you understand that you have to pull on these people's resources and not expect them to give you everything because everyone obviously has got tons going on. And if you, if you want to help yourself, see if you can specialize in something uh, to to be, to become knowledgeable in one area or to become uh, important or interested in an area and just try to see if you can meet as many people from that place as possible, to, to find your feet there because you can just ground yourself within a community that way. Large companies are full of communities of people that work together and produce together and create together, and IBM's no different. And it's just a matter of sometimes stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit to get to know these communities and to get to know the people that you can.
1: I guess these communities don't often uh, show themselves on an org chart or it's not very f- no. evident, is that right?
0: It's true, and that's why it's really helpful to have, to, to benefit from your f- the first two, three people that you're introduced to and to, to get as much from them as they can because they can introduce you to anybody. See if you can find someone who's been in the company for 10 years. They will know everyone.
1: That was Sarah Isha and how she managed her career transitions from finance to consulting. I found it inspiring how she had such a strong motivation to keep learning and always getting out of her comfort zone professionally. I'm very grateful to Sarah for hosting my visit to IBM iX in London. I can't say much about what I saw because it is confidential, the clients that they work with, but I was impressed by how the physical space is organised to help these agile squads work directly with clients to get quick results. If you want to know more about digital strategy, you can listen to episode 23 where I spoke with Priscilla Lee. And if you want to know more about IBM's work in emerging technologies, Richard Stockley in episode 8 spoke about IBM's work in blockchain. Remember to subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts. If you can, also leave a rating and review. It helps others discover this show and it gives me useful feedback. Till next time, this is Conrad Chua, on changing careers.